Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Well, hey, hello, welcome back. It's a good game, nice try. Happy Friday! I don't know why I, I really was very aggressive. I'm sorry. Mortal Kombat no, Friday! No, not again. Okay, you sorry. lost your voice last time right. we did that. Twice. We're, gonna, Twice. <laughs> we're gonna cut back on that. But uh, yeah, how are you doing? Happy Friday! Happy Friday back. Now look, people at home can't see this, but my background is different because I'm not mm-hmm. at my house. Oh, yeah, where, where are you? You held hostage? Kind of, I'm with my family, so yes, I'm being held hostage in a beach house, and uh, it's great, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's great. It's great being here, great being on the beach. But here's the th- interesting thing I've noticed. Hmm. So uh, my nephew, who's seven, uh, big gamer, loves games, and, you know, his uncle, his uncle's, his uncle's a big gamer, right? Uncle yeah. Aaron, right? I'm a big gamer, right? Clueless gamer, a good right. game, nice try, cool super Uncle boss, Aaron. all these things. Cool Uncle Aaron, right. So he's like, hey, Uncle Aaron's got to be great at video games. And by the way, I'm pretty good at video games, as are you. But the games he plays, I suck at. Well, what does he play? I'm so bad. He's He plays this one game. I think it's called Funkin' Fridays or something. Funk Street Fridays. <laughs> First of all, it is for children. Let me just put that out there. It's for kids. To clarify, what platform? iPad. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Okay. So here's the game. The game is, it's like DDR. It's like Dance Dance Revolution. It's a music rhythm game, okay? Mm-hmm. And then there's like, you're battling like vampires and these other kind of creatures who also have mics. And they're like, so they'll go like, oh, 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 oh. And then you have to, you know what it's very much like as Fifth Element? You remember that Bruce Willis movie, <laughs> Fifth okay. Element, with the weird opera singer with the blue squid lady? Uh, so is it like Fifth Element meets DDR meets Parappa the Rapper on an iPad? Nailed it. Perfect. So he's like, him and I, like last night, he's having some trouble. Get he, We're trying to do this level called uh, right? U-G-H, uh. <laughs> Trying to get past this uh level. And he's like having trouble. And I'm like, yo, boy, let me hook you up on this. He's oh, like, no. oh, yeah, Uncle Aaron, you can do it. You're setting yourself up here. Holy shit. <laughs> I played, and I'm not kidding you, easily more than 30 times I failed at this. And oh it, I'm so bad. Meanwhile, this kid is like rocking it out. My nephew's like, like rocking it out. And I'm like, you know, these goddamn hands ain't moving the way I need them to move. I'm just tapping an iPad. Have you ever had an experience where a game should be easy, but it, I mean, I'm better at Bloodborne than I am at Funkin' Street Fridays. Like, have you ever had a game that should be simple, but is really difficult? I, honestly, I know I already said the name, but I had something very similar where I, I grew up with Parappa the Rapper. I loved it. I loved my PlayStation. That was my shit. I've never played that game, so what is it? 
I mean, I'm going to have to show you. You're basic picture like Paper Mario, but you're this okay. like dog with a cool orange beanie. And you're going through these different levels of these different like you have Master Onion. He's this ninja guy who's rapping and you basically have to rap with him. Uh, but it's like Paper Mario-esque looking. I loved it. That was my shit. I grew up with that. That's in my blood. So they remastered it and brought it back. Love I it. was stoked. This is it. This is my playground. I know what's up. It's in I my know, blood. I know all the levels inside and out. I know all the raps. It's in me. I was so awful. <laughs> and it was kind of soul crushing. Oh, because yeah. Because oh, that's, yeah. that's, yep. that's my childhood. And I am butchering it in front of myself. And I can feel my inner child weeping at my inability to play Parappa the Rapper again. And I was just so disappointed in myself. Yeah, truly. It's, truly. And I think like part of, and I think you, I, I think you hit the nail on the head for me, heavy embarrassment, major self-disappointment. Like the, it, like tiny young Blay inside of me is like, you can do, oh no, oh no. He's like, <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, you can't do it. And it's just like, man, but can I just defend myself for a second? Okay. Okay. Let's hear like, it. I don't mean to be one of these negative Nellies or like pick apart Percy's. That's a thing I mean. But like, I'm going to be a little pick apart Percy here, which is okay. So game design on this, I think is why I'm failing. I'm so sorry. Are you, hold on. You're blaming the developer? Because here's the thing. Okay. Now you know how DDR has the arrows, right? Like up, down, left, right. And that's Uh what's telling you. I can, you're, the look you're giving me right now <laughs> is so full of judgment. You have such judgy eyes. I just, I, I love the, uh, it's, uh, gosh, it's the developer. I don't, uh, <laughs> let me just explain. No, though. no, I'll hear okay. you out. I'll hear you out. Hear me. <laughs> I'll, I'll hear you. I'll hear you out, says the executioner with like the giant axe over my neck. I'm just polishing the blade. Continue. Yeah. So the thing is on the iPad it's divided. The screen is divided. I know you're judging me. The I'm hearing is divi- you out. I- Look, okay, I'm going to say it quickly. The screen is divided up into four sections, okay? And those are the four things. Okay, the arrows that tell you what to do are crammed together into the two middle sections. Mm. So when it says the outer section, I'm hitting where the arrow is, but it's not where the arrow is. It's where the outer section is. I feel like that's bad game design. Okay, what say you, executioner? Game game executioner, what do you say? Bad game design or no? Do you want to know what I say? Yes. Get good. Ah! Uh, anyway, uh, so... Uh, so yeah, that, how, about our, that's how, how about our guest today, huh? That's how I'm doing. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I think that games in many ways take us back or remind us why we love games in the first place. And I think our guest today is like a human ray of sunshine, mm-hmm. and I have never seen you so happy Ugh. to to talk, to talk to someone. I This was one of my favorite interviews we've done because the look on your face was the opposite of judgy. It was pure joy. Who is our guest today? Oh my goodness. Our guest today, the second they joined our Zoom call, I think we both broke down in tears. You did, yeah. She is... Unbelievable and literally a actual ray of sunshine. Um, an actress, voice actress, gamer, producer. She has starred in countless games. She plays Valkyrie in Apex Legends and Anna Bray in Destiny 2. She's in Cyberpunk and Fortnite, Halo Infinite, and recently announced Gears 5 
Operation Seven. Absolutely, I am. I could keep going. She is an incredible human being, and I am so so happy that we had a chance to catch up with the lovely Erica Ishii. It has been so long, and I love how the second you jumped on Zoom, we both just like almost started happy crying. <laughs> There's like five minutes of screaming. <laughs> Why is there screaming? Uh, Why is this such an emotional moment? Uh, so Sonia and I uh, hosted a show together on uh, Geek and Sundry. We would talk about video games and play new games, interview developers and people in the games industry, uh, and and just generally hang out. Yes. Hang out and talk about games. And now she's, look at her, she's doing it for, for Team Coco. Hey! <laughs> Oh my I'm goodness. So proud of you. Well, so Erica, I am, I am so proud of you because speaking of Geek and Sundry and our, our beautiful game engine, I have to take us back to a moment because that was what, 2015, 16? Yeah, it's probably around 2015, 16. Something, yeah. something around there. And I remember a very definitive moment of um, we were having a conversation of like what's next and what we're working on and what we're excited about. And I remember you mentioning that you had just got, you were just starting to get more voice acting lessons and you were getting coaching and you were just getting a voice acting agent and you were so excited to like really dive into the world of voice acting. And, you know, flash forward, Erica, I can't play a game without hearing your beautiful voice. I can't believe it. I honestly, it is, it is truly psychotic to it's me insane i got into voiceover specifically because i wanted to do games and i love animation and you know i've done on camera before and but i i specifically wanted to do video games and now i'm doing it and that's i just every day i wake up and 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 it's it surprises me. And when I play a game and I hear myself, even if I know I'm in the game, it's, it's, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it definitely it caught me off guard. I mean, so you're, I mean, Fortnite, wow, Sailor yeah. Moon, Cyberpunk, uh, upcoming <laughs> Halo Infinite. And didn't you, you just announced Gears of War. Gears of War. I'm in Operation 7. It, it's truly wild because I, I remember, remember so many of the times that we geeked out about certain franchises or games um, and now getting to be a part of that. Um, and now I get to geek out hearing you in those franchises. Yeah. It's yeah, so I saw, surreal. There's, there's a clip of Sonya playing uh, Cyberpunk 2077 and there's an interstitial scene, a loading screen in which my character, Ruth, uh, has a little monologue and she, you can see her tearing <laughs> up and, and I just, it, oh God, it, it, Really got me. It really got me. It really me. got me because it, it completely <laughs> caught me off guard. I knew that you're in the game at some point, but I was not expecting it. And I think I was just like taking a drink of a coffee and I was waiting for the loading <laughs> screen. And then I I snapped back to the screen. I'm like, is that Erica? 
<laughs> I couldn't believe it. It completely <laughs> caught me caught me off guard. But it's just it's incredible to see. Not only you just have such obviously have such a passion for this industry, like inside and out. But to see like from the beginning, just your love of like, hey, I'm like I'm so excited. I'm getting coaching. I'm I'm finally getting into it, and now you're everywhere. Man, you 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 make a thing and you have no idea how it's going to be received. And usually, I mean, Apex is an ongoing game, and and Gears Five is a beloved franchise, and and Halo, you know, it's it's legendary. But then you don't know what it's going to really end up being like, or or what it's how it's going to end up sounding, or how people will receive it because it's you in most of the time just in a. Uh, tiny little closet on your own uh, recording things that you read off of a Excel sheet. And that's, <laughs> that's all. You have no idea. You have no idea. Sometimes you get to read against other people or for mocap, you get to be on a stage. But for the most part, it's just kind of you in a booth uh, playing make-believe. Uh, and yeah, and so to have this reception and have our community just be so thrilled every time is is truly bonkers to me. How has it given you a, an appreciation of games now that you're on the side that of people making them? How how going into a new game that you're not in, how has it given you an appreciation for 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 that kind of a game? Honestly, it's wild because I I spent so long. I mean, even in college, I would write papers about games, and and uh, you know, I, I was still an avid gamer then. And um, <laughs> they were like, but, "This is algebra, yeah. please. This isn't. We can't yeah, give you credit for this." This is a a, 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 a communications interpersonal communications treatise. Um, and uh, but now playing it, you know, because because I feel like. Sonia, you've also had experience, you know, sort of on all aspects of uh, games, you know, as, as a fan, as, as a, you know, journalist, as, as you know, somebody who you, you were in, uh, you, were, you were in uh, the, the zombie one, the zombie one. H1Z1. Yeah. <laughs> I perfected um, my zombie screech. Right. <laughs> it's. You know, I mean, I always had an appreciation for the performances and for the developers. And in some ways, I think it's almost the reverse in that my sort of capacity as a, you know, games streamer and uh, lover of games gave me a perspective into acting for video games that I don't think like a lot of people have had the opportunity to have. Mm -hmm. Um, I will know like what franchises, mostly when you get auditions for games, you have no idea what it is. Um, things are under code names. Sometimes they have fake scripts. Um, but I've been fortunate in that I, a lot of times I'll be able to guess what it is or at least understand like, okay, it's an RPG that's like got a grounded gritty feel to it. It's a fan or, or like, oh, it's a fantasy world. It's like an, like a, like a Japanese, uh, more anime style game and know how to adjust my performance accordingly. Um, but most people, I think, that don't play games will get a thing, and if they don't know what it is, just have to take a stab in the dark. And mm -hmm. we all are kind of taking stabs in the dark, uh, but I have a little more evidence to help me adjust that. And then when I show up in the booth, they'll be like, okay, so for this, you know, when you pick up an item, you can, you know, use it. And I'll be like, no, it's okay. I got this. I got this. <laughs> yeah. um, You're like, I've, uh, so I've been around this block. Uh. I uh, know how to use a stick. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, I think it's, it's really amazing too, because it's really given you such a great opportunity to give life to really awesome characters, like really progressive characters, especially Valkyrie, you know, being mixed Japanese, um, a lesbian character, like yeah. it's, it's incredible. It's so wild too. So, cause from, you know, from the get go, like, you know, Anna Bray, which was one of my sort of earliest big roles, you know, she has a girlfriend She's somewhere out in space, so we don't Aww. get to see her in the game yet. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I've had the great fortune of getting to play very diverse characters and 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 playing, um, auditioning for and playing a lot of you know Asian women and well, I mean maybe upcoming non-binary characters as well. I identify as gender fluid, and so I, you know, that has been that has been incredible. And seriously, props to the industry for you know, like changing to reflect how the world actually is now. Um, yeah, it's Valkyrie is it was so crazy to to for the callback to, you know, they asked me to say a line. They're like, oh, like tell your girlfriend I said goodbye. And I was like, wait, is she gay? Is she gay? And they're like, oh yeah, she's a first lesbian character. And Apex has always been, you know, it is really truly like a landmark game in terms of inclusion and diversity. Mm. That's crazy. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah, it's true. And and I remember, you know, like Dream Daddy, I think Dream Daddy was sort of the first one, like one of my very, very first roles ever. And by the way, I love, by the way, Dream Daddy is like one of my favorite games. I absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. And that's the it's thing so is fun. one of my favorites. And I would have like loved it if I, if I hadn't, because I remember Vernon, our, our friend Vernon telling me about the concept for this game that I had, we were at the launch party for Hyperlight Drifter. And my friends were telling me about this game idea that they had. And I went, this sounds incredible. Like, this is so cool. Like, I, if, you know, if you need somebody to stream it or, or, or like, be part of it in any way, like, I'd so be so happy to sort of, like, in any way be part of this. Um, and then I got the call, like, maybe a year later or more. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they were like, hey, we have this character that we think you'd be good for. Um, and I know that you're, like, just starting to get into voiceover. Do you, do you want to? coming and record and it was in the back like the back storage room of the game grumps uh, office uh <laughs> that yeah they, they just like set up a mic there like amidst all the the back stock and the old games and plushies and yeah that was oh my gosh it's all coming back to me now <laughs> i have this visual of you like with like a mic recording and it's just a spotlight on you and just plushies was, all staring at that? you while you're recording. What was that? Oh like some God. Five Nights at Freddy's oh, no. yeah, but Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Step into our totally not haunted uh, booth. Trust us. Totally legit. Totally legit. When you look back, like, Erica, for you, where did like your love of games all start? Was it as far back as childhood? Was it adult? Like, do you remember the first game you played? How did it all start? Yeah, I've just been gaming for as long as I can remember. I remember going, being at a friend's house, and they are playing Mario 64, and that's probably one of the earliest. <gasps> no, 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 no. It's all coming. I need to be hypnotized. It's all coming back. It's, yeah. yeah, I need to be hypnotized. But, like, I remember my babysitter when I was probably younger than seven, I was playing, like, the Aladdin 
Sega Genesis. Oh. Aladdin, Sega Genesis. And then, you know, those little, what were those little handheld ones that weren't Game Boys? They were like, the they were almost like, you know, Mr. Game & Watch style. Yeah, they each, they're like LCD. They each had the their- Tiger oh, oh, something. Yeah, they were Tiger. That's what they were. Ti- yeah, oh, yeah, tiger yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Tiger. That of Little Mermaid. I had one oh, of those Little Mermaid and I just tiger didn't know. It was not intuitive, like how it worked or like what the little symbols meant or how <laughs> you leveled up. It was just like, there was not quite the game design that we have these days. Uh, They're like, yeah. I don't know. It's Little Mermaid. They'll love it. They, and I did. Yeah. I did. I played so much <laughs> of that. I remember that. At, so, so like that Little Mermaid handheld game. Um, Aladdin Sega Genesis. And then I remember my uncle, when I used to go to his house, he had Miss Pac-Man on, like, like on, I think it must have been Atari, because I remember a joystick, like a, you know, a single big joystick. So it yeah. must have been Atari. Um, but that's like, yeah, so that's like, I barely remember anything. I must have been younger than six for that, because I was, you wow. know, but yeah, but I, I just remember that, right? And then, then I remember... You know, so much of my formative years belonging to video games with friends. You know, I I was a deeply, deeply unpopular child in in elementary school. I remember staying in the social studies teacher's classroom and playing Amazon Trail. A lot of Amazon Trail. Yeah, the what original Amazon Trail. Is that like Oregon Trail? It's like Oregon Trail, but in the Amazon. And so Wait. you could take pictures of the flora and fauna of the Amazon. <gasps> you trade for for like items. And I'm, I'm sure if I looked back on it now, it would be through be like, oh, this is deeply colonizery. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Horrifying. But at the time, you know, it was very exciting. You know, the idea of, of exploring a far off uh, jungle and not being dunked on constantly by my peers was sign me up you know uh, i did not know they had an amazon version. oh yeah 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 oh. um they had they had a bunch of different ones and they had different iterations of oregon trail they had like an fmv version of oregon trail at one point i know oh. where it's like there's like people you know and they're in like that loop you know they there's a video of the of people in this loop and they're like huh. howdy partner like, Jesus. welcome to the Oregon Trail. And at the uh, time, you're like, whoa. Wow, <laughs> such graphics. Yeah, so it was like that. And I get to watch someone die of dysentery in person. Uh-huh, Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah, my God. But yeah, I just, I and, and all of it, I, I think of different times in my life. And I think of, you know, deeply, deeply uh, uh, being immersed in a, a game at a particular time. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like Amazon Trail in middle school and playing uh golden eye with friends at sleepovers yes. and Definitely. uh slappers only baby yeah 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 pistols yeah. caves pistols caves was what we did <laughs> just like camping out above the toilet the respawn <laughs> spot you know uh and that that was before the days that we knew the term spawn camper but like uh, that's what it was that OG yeah. spawn and, and, camping and uh and like playing resident evil and Tomb Raider, all we, we'd all get together. It was sort of gaming has always been very a very communal experience for me because we'd all get together and play. We'd we'd have like one person and the rest of us would sit backseat gaming until until somebody would be like, Well, let me take over. You let, let me do this. Oh, you don't mean multiplayer, you just mean single oh, player, yeah, but just everyone's single sitting, play, screaming just at them. Single yeah. player, like 
Silent Hill, like everybody's screaming, don't stick your arm in there. Don't stick your arm in there. <laughs> That's the original multiplayer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The original chaos. multiplayer is one person playing and everyone else right. just telling yeah. them they're doing so it did, wrong. So we did it. It's like, not couch co-op. It's couch chaos. It's <laughs> couch what it is. It was absolute mayhem. And, and, you know, I don't know. It's And, you know, I remember when the Wii came out, um, I camped out with my friends overnight at a Target because they'd sold out everywhere. And, and we, we stayed overnight at Target. And then um, there was a bunch of us. There was this feeling of – it was almost like being at summer camp. And, Aww. you know, in the morning, the poor Target employees took pity on us. And so they brought us out day-old popcorn that was oh. like left over in the from the machine, Thanks, and Target. yeah, and just like and and like cokes and diet cokes in in the cups, like giant cokes. And I remember, yeah, that was that was that's great. Just amazing little memories of that. I love how a lot of it is based around, like you said, like being in the same room together and like getting together and playing games together. And I feel like that's really translated not only just from video games but into uh, your love of D and D. Yeah, I, I, you know, grip, I loved d and I, I started playing in, again, uh, high school. I want to say sophomore year of high school. It was version 3.0. And a friend of mine, Patrick Nansen, uh, Pat, Patrick, if you're out there somewhere, like, man, thank you for, for kicking off this, what, this truly insane career, career uh, you know, option. Uh, yeah, we... He he handed me the player's hand guide and he he's like, Oh, I think you'd really like this game. You should take a look. And I just read it cover to cover and we didn't have anybody to DM for us and neither of us wanted to DM. Uh You're like, I wanna play. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're both subs or something. I don't know. And <laughs> we uh so we just made characters. We would just make characters and like have nowhere to put them. So we'd make characters and and I remember I did a lot of sort of like mages like sorcerers and wizards at first I was like a huge on rogues um and it wasn't until like I think it might have been like senior year of high school that uh you know a, a friend's boyfriend uh ran a game for us and I just it yeah it 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 was still, it wasn't sort of, uh, you know, a bullyable offense at that time, but it was just so, also not really commonly known about. There were just nobody, nobody played Dungeons and Dragons or knew what it was. And mm-hmm. um, now it's massive. Yeah, it's so, I would never have guessed that it would become the hot thing to do. It that would it be it would become mainstream and that people would have arguments about rules and how to play and that, you know, there there would be, you know, my our friends, uh, you know, who also were with us back in that studio geek and sundry back mm-hmm. in the day, would have, you know, like a multi-million dollar Kickstarter um to to essentially get a cartoon of their home game made because that was always the dream when you were younger was like oh you have a friend that draws oh I'll draw our characters and and their mm-hmm. antics uh and, and yeah, now it's, it's being brought to life it's so incredible <sighs> and I'm so so happy because it it nothing there's there are few things I feel like as a child will socialize you and and you know get you to think creatively and and uh, you know, work as a team and and just get you to to understand you know so much like everything from zoology to math like 
Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop games. And I'm I'm so happy to see it be the new hotness. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I I'm I'm I played a lot in high school. I'm so happy to see it explode. What what edition did you start at? We so we played Rifts, which was like a Palladium <gasps> game that was like an offshoot of where, where it was like these these dimensional portals open up. And so all it allowed us to do all these different I played a glitter boy, which is basically kind of like a Robotech ripoff that had a thing called a boom gun. It's a giant rail gun that was seven feet long and yes. shot these, but it took three turns oh. to like pull it out because you had to shoot spikes into the ground so you didn't fall backwards. And then you had to pull it out and then you could fire it. So it was all this really and but you're fighting werewolves and giant weird alien bees and all this stuff. I mean it was super fun. But we would play at Denny's every week. Um, yeah. and that's what got that's what got me through high school. How did they let you stay for that long? This is a kid sitting there for like five hours. In Ann Arbor, Michigan, Denny's, this Denny's had on stadium had a like like a special events room <laughs> that nobody ever used. I love that. Because what? why would you use a special events room at Denny's? And so they just put us in that room because we would come and just be there for hours and like buying so many potato skins <laughs> and so many breakfasts, you know, like, um, yeah, so it was really fun. Yes, yeah, so we were just there forever. Amazing. Friday night, Friday night Denny's. Man. Again, yeah. Out of all the places that you could end up, I love that it's Denny's. That's like such yeah. an idyllic childhood you know that's like something out of a out of an 80s movie life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. games for a living you get to play D for a living you get to bring characters to life for a living yeah it's incredible and i and and the, a huge thing to me too is that i feel like my cohort my people all sort of rose up with the same tide as me mm -hmm. we're all in this together because we just have this deep love and passion for the things that we do and we haven't let anything stop that i just do feel like man we we've done it yes i mean what's next i was gonna say yeah we're riding this wave all of us together but where's this wave going where are we where are we heading what's next i am so excited about the future of gaming i feel like I mean, it more and more. Okay, so here's the thing that I always talk about is that yeah. right now, I think there's still a tendency to talk about games as this hobby or this sort of niche pursuit, but it is truly a mainstream 
media right now. Kids these <clears throat> days, uh, Gen Z plays and watches more video games than they do watch movies or TV. Uh, and I think... I think a lot of people in our generation and older think of games as like, ah, you know, it's something that little boys like. Um, but it is increasingly not that. And we're getting data that it is not that. And you don't, we sort of, we call ourselves gamers, but we don't call people who watch movies, you know, moviers. It's true. We don't think yeah. of TV, TV watching people as like, oh, that's a TV person. You know, there's, it's, it's strange that we've built this whole identity around it. And I think that gradually as more and more people who have grown up thinking of games as this general medium are going to get into creating games and marketing games and, and you know, spreading the good word of games, um, as that happens, we're going to get more and more games that are not for quote unquote gamers. Um, we'll always have sort of the core gaming demographic. We'll have we'll have FPSs. We'll have you know the battle royales. We'll have we'll have you know the heavy duty narrative games. But I think we're gonna have more and more games that have less of a barrier to entry. Whether that mm -hmm. means mobile or you know kinds of games. I want to be able to hand my mom a game and be like, oh well. I know you like like samurai films, but you know, and and I know, but I know that your like hand eye coordination is not great right now. So uh, here, play this storytelling, the storytelling samurai game or something. I don't know. I, I totally agree, and I, I think like you bring up such a great point about how everybody watches movies, but we don't call ourselves like moviers. Yeah, you know, <laughs> kind of every, and I I do think we've reached. I think we've passed that critical mass where everyone is a gamer now yeah. and truly like the, the people who are very into games, then, okay, you're a gamer because you're into a, a, a huge amount yeah, of games. We, but we know the, we all know that like movie guy, you know, yeah. like his yeah. identity is movies and that's fine, you know, and that's great. And there will always be games for that person. But I think there's this fear that because, you know, a lot of us have built up our lives and our and our loves and our passion around in our communities around games, we have this fear that, oh, it's going to get taken from us. Like the more people that it's made for, like suddenly it won't be made for us anymore, which is not the case. It's just we're just going to get better stuff. We're going to get better mm -hmm. stuff by more people for more people. Um, and that's not going to take anything away from us and, and the kind of games that we grew up loving. Totally. Yeah. Lower barrier of entry, more inclusivity and more diversity. Yeah. And, and I think I, I love how, again, I, I, I have to bring it up. I, again, love how you are kind of on the front of that, of bringing to life these characters that are more diverse I, and that have more, you know, that make people, that people can play these games and see themselves in. Yeah. You know? I mean. Because, you know, there's, there's the argument, you know, uh, of the, oh, well, why should it matter and stuff? Well, because, you know, we, we have played, like, I, I have played every game that has, you know, a hot brunette dude who's like 28 to 35 with a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> um, and, you know, I have related to all of that. It's like, I'm, I have an imagination. I can, I can see myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm playing this. I'm Nathan Drake. That's cool. I'm cool. Um, and I don't think that it should detract from an experience to experience the world through somebody else's narrative. I, you know, I just, I don't see. I, th I think, I think the fear of, of making, games or any media really reflect um the 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 way the world actually is i i think 
there's a that's underestimating the audience, right? Because there's plenty of people that play games that would be like, yeah, I'll play as a woman. Like, I mean, you know, Last of Us 2 and oh a gosh. lot of these other AAA games are sort of proof positive to me. That, totally. that Yeah, gamers want different kinds of stories. And, uh, and you know, if it's good, we'll play it. Play the hell yeah. out of it. We'll give them all of our money. <laughs> <laughs> well, Erica, I cannot think of uh, a better person to ask this question. We love to end all of our interviews with our best and our worst games. And I know that you've played a couple in your time. Oh, so I am so excited to hear... What you think? God, um, I you know for for best game, it's so hard because as I was saying, through the ages there have been so many formative games that that have impacted my life that I've enjoyed <laughs> that have really carried me through some tough times. Um, you know, like Wind Waker, played hours and hours and hours of that during a very tough time in my life. Um, uh, Animal Crossing uh, Wild World got me through college or almost didn't. I cannot tell you how many nights <laughs> I stayed awake or how many like tests or how many like classes I was like just kind of doodling around in my <laughs> town. Uh, I I feel like The Last of Us, um, the first Last mm. of Us had the one of the biggest impacts in my life, both like personally and in terms of helping me decide, yes, I'm going to start taking voiceover lessons. I'm going to start uh, pursuing video games as a career. Because uh, I'd always, you know, I was pursuing on-camera acting at the time as well. And I didn't think it was possible to make a whole career in just video games or, or that, you know, there would be any place for me. Uh, you know, it, it's hard, especially when I was auditioning at first. It was hard to be a woman of color in, in the industry. Still not... Yeah, there's still a ways to go, but you know, I'm doing okay right now. You're doing you're, you're doing it out there. <laughs> for doing sure. it out there. And uh, voice acting has opened up a lot of doors in that regard for me. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, Last of Us, I, I played it and it just it, it it rocked my world, you know. And specifically, I think I think actually specifically left behind was it mm. was and I and I remember the moment at which I went, Oh my God, I'm gonna do this was was the the moment in Raj's arcade when Riley talks El talks Ellie through uh, a fighting game. Oh. And it was such a sublime experience. The kind of experiences the closer that a piece of art gets to being only doable in its medium, the the more it speaks to my soul. So like wow. that, it could not be done in any other medium, not in books, not mm -hmm. in comics, not in movies. It was, it, it was a moment that was purely made for video games. And the reason we make video games and the performances were stellar. And so I was like, well, that's it. I guess <sighs> I'm going to do video games. I'm going to drop a thousand dollars on a on a demo and you know and spend some cash on a microphone and here we go here we go and here we are and here we are this is it <sighs> is truly 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 wild <sighs> i keep saying that but it really surprises me every time and when i think about it, if i think about it too hard i <laughs> get a little emotional <sighs> uh, and <laughs> yeah so so probably the last of us and um, in terms of worse, like I can't, I can't say that because you know I, 
every game has something. Every single game, somebody has taken something from it, even if it was mm-hmm. a developer saying, uh, well, we, now we know what engine not to use <laughs> for our next game. Okay, Erica, but what did you take the least from? So, like, you know, there, I, in my opinion, there is no worse video game, but also Aladdin on Sega Genesis <laughs> that Cave of Wonders level can eat my entire ass. Oh, oh, <laughs> that level sucks. Yeah. That's yeah, awful. They know what they did. And if you were a developer that worked on the Aladdin Sega Genesis, specifically the Cave of Wonders level, you tweet at me, and we will, and I'll, <laughs> I'll buy you a drink or something, or a, or a, or a breakfast of your choice. But, but you know, for apologies for for raking you over the coals on air. But you know what you did. You know what you did. We'll buy you some therapy because who hurt you? Who hurt you? Because <laughs> who hurt you? Why'd you make that level? Who hurt you? Yeah, but That's amazing. I, My God. Thank you so much for, for having me on, both of you. I, I cannot fathom. Like, if, if I thought about this, you know, five years ago, I could not have fathomed being here. Can you talk about this? Can you talk about games and my career and... I remember um, before I had my Erica Ishii Twitch channel, I had some other Twitch channel. I, I haven't forgotten the handle, but I streamed Hatoful Boyfriend um, on a Valentine's Day long, long ago before Geek and Sundry. And I think I had like seven viewers, something like that. And, you know, just seeing where I am now in relation to that. And like how my friend has also risen. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I've just I've seen you just kick so much ass inside and out in this industry, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I am so damn proud of you. And I cannot wait for what's next. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you, Aaron. I would like to vote this for probably the most emotional Good Game Nice Try that we've ever experienced. Uh, Erica is just fantastic. I'm so happy that we had a chance to talk to her. And make sure to follow her on Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. Um, And again, make sure to catch her live streams, twitch.tv slash Erica Ishii. And check her out. Cyberpunk, Gears of War, Halo Infinite. There's 101 games where you'll get to hear her lovely voice. Uh, And with that, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stick around. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome back. So, again, probably one of the most uh, emotional 
good game, nice tries. And reflecting with Erica really made me kind of take a look back at my journey in the games industry. Again, the the show that we had together was probably the first like stable, regular uh, hosting job that I, I ever had. And it was just so special. And I cry every time I see her. But it made me think of... Um, what were our beginnings, our humble beginnings in this ever expansive uh, industry? How did you how did you get into the gaming industry? Well, it's weird because I've, I was I've been in TV for like 20 years, but the gaming thing was because of TV. There was a woman who worked on our show in uh, the research department and her boyfriend at the time worked for Rockstar Games. Oh, uh, she asked a few people around work and she's like, hey, you know, like you might be good for this, like email my boyfriend. So I did. And so I got to go in. And I think the first one was, I think I'm I'm in San Andreas. And I'm, I think I'm in the one after that also. I'm in two of oh, them. Oh, so you're in multiple Grand Theft Autos. Yeah. So the first time I went in, I was like a voice on the radio. And that was, that was really fun. And I got to do a couple things. The second time I went in for the next game, I got to be an NPC. So oh, fun. yeah, it was, it was really cool. So they give you kind of, five different levels of people fucking with you. And so it's like, like the first level has a couple things and they let me do a lot of improv and then it gets more and more intense until like running for your life, basically. Oh my gosh. Can you, can you give me a one and a five? Well, one would just be like, uh, 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 sorry. You know, like those kinds of things. Five would be like, oh, you're like, you're being dismembered. <laughs> so imagine that. Full yeah. range. Okay. Full range. And, um, so I'm a quarter of, I think it's San Andreas. I'm a quarter of all personal trainers and joggers is me, <laughs> right? So 25% of all those characters. Really hit your market. Thank you. Yeah. And um, so when that game came out, you know, all my friends knew I was in it. And so immediately in one day, I got 40, four zero pictures of dead bodies, people finding me <laughs> and killing me and being like, found you, found you, found you, found you, found, 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 found. Oh, and it's no. just all kinds of dead bodies. And I was like, all right, <laughs> there we go. So that was kind of my first experience in as a kind of video game professional. What, what was yours? What was yours? Keeping on brand of this episode being emotional, um, it was 2011 and I was working at PetSmart and I, my roommate at the time, he was a, just like a general geek, uh, like a, a developer. He did networking, but he had, a, he had a friend who worked at Activision and they were both in LA. This is when I was in Canada. They were both in LA at E3 and I'm working at PetSmart and I get a text from my roommate saying, Hey, if you can get to LA tomorrow, I can get you into E3. And after watching E3, like on, on, you know, online and catching up with it that way. And it's, it's an industry only event. So like, I, there's no way I could have gotten in any way. Right. I just said, fuck it. I went into the break room. I bought a ticket on my phone. I went negative in my bank account because I was broke as hell. And I flew out the next day. It was my first time in LA. Uh, obviously my first time at E3. And the second that I stepped on the showroom floor, I, like I knew that that's what I, this is where I wanted to be. I, t wow. I remember verbatim in my head saying, I'm going to be in this industry. I want to live here. Like, this is what I want. And I just knew, I knew that that's the path that I was going to go down. And uh, that's it. It was just getting my foot in the door, literally, quite literally. I just knew. And then I started streaming. I started taking more jobs and then it just brought me out here 
you know, so many people have, have asked me, and I'm sure a lot of people have asked you as well, tons of people, like, how did you get to where you are? And how, do, how can I do, Sonia, how can I do what you do? And I, it's, I don't, what do you tell them? Gosh, I mean, it is a lot of, I mean, especially streaming. I get that question all the time, like meeting people at PAX and I meet these awesome people and their parents are like, oh, my kid wants to do is stream and, and have this as a career. And one thing I always think of is I started doing this when there was no, like, there's, there wasn't like monetization for a lot of it. And uh, like the partner program was super early, like everything was very early. And I went into it not expecting money. <laughs> I just wanted to like play games with cool people and not be alone at the end of the day after I was doing college and working and everything. I just wanted to like hang out and play League of Legends. But I think it is a lot of just consistency, passion, and honestly, a huge stroke of luck. I heard a really great, great quote, which is luck is the residue of hard work, which I totally mm. think is correct. You know, like, well, yeah, luck, luck doesn't get you there, but hard work can get you where luck can find you. I love that because it, it is really true. If you're super consistent, you got a lot of passion, you're putting yourself yeah. in the position for it, you know? Yeah. Lightning will strike. Yeah, lightning will strike. And you know what? Look, if you got good looking feet, just go wiki feet right oh, away. No. Go straight onto wiki feet. I'm oh, going to no. get onto wiki feet. I know Jim was going to cut that out. And now that I'm saying it, she has to keep it in. Now it's got to be in because if you have started a wiki feet for Blay or if you have any more <laughs> questions, video game requests, or anything at all, Make sure to write in at Good Game Nice Try on Twitter or check out hashtag GGNT. Thank you all, beautiful humans, for joining us today, and I'll see you next time. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton, with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Brick Khan. Special thanks to Sean Doherty and music by John Danik. Danik, Danik, Danik. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.